Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I want to thank you for taking time and checking out today's show. When you get the opportunity, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. You can find this podcast episode, all of the previous 400 plus podcast episodes. You can see the most recent blog post, check out suggested reading, and what's available in the gear store. I want to highlight one thing in particular in the gear store right now. It is the registration for our men's retreat here in Indianapolis once again. Our next men's retreat is September 29th and 30th, 2023, Indianapolis, Indiana. Men, literally all across the globe, are invited for a weekend of worship, food, challenging messages, and opportunities to build strong community. Make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com forward slash gear. It is the first icon listed in the gear store. Men, it's time for today's conversation. Let's pray. Uh, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for us to connect in this manner. And God, I pray for uh, Joel. I pray for his family, the ministry and opportunities that you've set before him. Uh, we are certainly living in a time that this is, this is desperately needed, but the truth is uh, you are a God who declares the end from the beginning. This has been desperately needed from um, ever since your son Jesus uh, ascended back into heaven. God, I pray as we talk about this conversation about our kids in school and what this looks like when it comes to equipping them spiritually and, and all the things, it's easy to identify the problems. And we'll probably do that a little bit, but we also want to be solution-based. We also want to figure out, okay, what can we do? Or maybe more importantly, what should we do? And I'm thankful for Joel. I'm thankful for uh, what they're doing here uh, with LifeWise. I'm thankful for this resource and all the things, and uh, and thankful that we get to talk again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I got praying so long, I forgot that, you know, we got to get on this, Joel. So, uh, hey, man, I appreciate so let's you. Let's go. Able, let's do it. I appreciate you being on the show again. Uh, would you, For those who didn't catch, uh, what was that, episode 254, would you introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and we're going to get into this book that you've written. Absolutely. Thank you, Jared, for having me on again. My name is Joel Penton, and I'm the founder and CEO of LifeWise Academy, which is a Bible education program for public school students during school hours. Most people think that sounds illegal or that sounds crazy, but it is true. We teach kids in public schools the Bible during the school day. We just started in 2019, and it's starting to really take off. And I want all of your listeners to know about it and to get involved. You know, it's funny after now that this is a twofold thing here. After I was done with the conversation last time, I was out of town. I was talking to someone who is also unfortunately a Buckeyes fan. Um, but I mentioned <laughs> you and I mentioned LifeWise, and they knew immediately uh, what you do. Um, they probably knew the football part too, but they knew immediately what you do. And so this thing, LifeWise, got its birth in Ohio, and it's just grown from there. Is that correct? Yeah, we launched our first two programs in 2019. We were inspired by one local kind of school that is our, I guess we call it our forerunner. It started in my hometown of Van Wert, Ohio. And then we launched two pilot programs in 2019, having a hunch that, hey, this thing we think is a great opportunity. We think it's a great missed opportunity. We think it's the best kept secret in a way that that we need to try. We think it could take root. And we set a goal to serve 25 schools by 2025. 
And this year in 2022, we found our, well, I mean, now it's 2023, but in the fall of 2022, we found ourselves serving 133 schools <laughs> across four states and we're confirmed to serve uh, nearly 300 schools across 10 states next year. That's incredible. Now you talk about it's a best kept secret and during school hours, how are you legally able to do this? Because this is not a new thing, right? This has been on the books for quite a while. Well, we say it's a new thing that's kind of old because it has been on the books since 1952. And that's really, it, it, I mean, it's not a loophole. People think about it like it's a loophole, but there is great clarity in a Supreme Court ruling, Zorach versus Claussen, 1952, in which there was a a program that kids were being released from school. They went down the street to the church where they received a Bible study and they came back to school and someone complained and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, this was during the era where people were regular, regularly complaining about things like prayer in school, Bible in school, and things like that were getting shut down left and right. So here's an example of something that got complained about, went all the way to the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court upheld the program. And it was at that point that it became established that if the program is off school property, privately funded, and students have parental permission, you can teach the Bible during school hours. But somehow it got lost in the history books. Almost no one we talked to has ever heard of this it's only existed in little pockets here and there around the country. Estimates are that 0.7% of public school students have access to a release time program. But in 2018, we kind of stumbled upon this and said, oh, holy cow, if we need to we need to give this thing a shot. And it's been a wild ride ever since. I was thinking about this today because we've talked about this before. And even as you're saying these things, I've heard a couple of, you know, I'm just enamored by this idea. I've worked for before school and after school programs. I've, you're always aware of what you can say and not say and how you come across and all these in now like that this is legal. And there, there are some parameters, there are some, some guidelines. And what I, what I really like is you wrote a book. Now this isn't your first book. I learned that a minute ago. This is your third book, but this book specifically during Squires. Now, if you're watching this on video, yeah, I got my finger in there. This is a legit book. That's how I said it to you a minute ago. A legit book. This isn't a pamphlet <laughs> that you kicked out 98 pages and said hit print. Um, if if you're if you're curious about this, you guys that are watching this or listening to this, the link will be in the show notes. Uh, it's it's a real book. And what I like about it is you give stories, roadmaps, you give the law. There's a lot here and 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 some some guidelines because what we see in the early church is solution-based, whether it was finding a basket for Paul to get him over the wall or whatever it is, this is solution-based. And one of the things that we come in contact That's with right. now is you talk about this neutrality, if you will. And, and I think sometimes we think if we could just be neutral or whatever, what is this idea of false neutrality when it comes to the school, when it comes to our kids' education, specifically this religious aspect to it? Yeah, well, the Bible and prayer were removed from school under the um, pretense of neutrality. We need the, the government to be neutral. We need the school to be neutral. And I don't, I don't necessarily want to get into the argument of whether or not that was a good idea, other than to say silencing a viewpoint 
is not neutral. <laughs> that if when you tell someone they cannot talk about something, that prayer has no place, that Bible has no place during the school day, that's not a neutral message. And sending kids to, to the school building for 30 hours out of the week and teaching them about everything under the sun, whether it's math or history or art or health or physical education, but then not saying a word about God is not a neutral message. It is a very clear message that students receive, and that is that God must not be important. And so the case that we lay out and the beautiful legal opportunity that sits before us with release time is that provide you can provide an option for families, a way for families to opt their child in to Bible education to give a truly neutral um, uh, option for families. Yeah, because you're not forcing this on the rest of the kids. You're giving people essentially a choice, right? And one of the things you say is people don't necessarily want, you know, more choices. They want better choices. You know, this is part of, you know, kind of the American way. And so um, speak to that, if you would, the power of choice when it comes to Christians sending their kids into these public schools, knowing that, that this option is available. Yes. I mean, this is one of the real beauties of of what again the legal term is released time religious instruction and that's one one of the beauties of it as a strategy is that there's nothing for anybody to get upset about because it's entirely optional families that don't want to participate don't have to participate that's why we get very little pushback whatsoever because it's entirely optional but it is a choice for families. Uh, just the education landscape is evidence that families want a choice. You have families who are paying tens of thousands of dollars on top of the taxes that they pay to support the uh, local schools to send their kids to private schools, oftentimes Christian schools, oftentimes homeschooling. And it's often so that kids can have Bible education as part of their schooling. And uh, of course, there's nothing against that. In fact, we homeschool our children, um, but we understand that not every family has that opportunity. 90% of kids are in public schools and they're not going away. I, I wouldn't say they need to go away. Um, and so what are, how do we provide for those kids? How do we provide the option for those families and release time? And then, of course, LifeWise Academy is a, a way to get that done is one way to do that. Well, I'd say that too. If, you know, homeschool, I think is different. Our kids go to Christian school. We've made that sacrifice their whole lives. Uh, but just because they're at a Christian school <laughs> doesn't mean you're off the hook, parents. And we're not off the hook ever for, for that matter. We're, we're right next door to a public elementary school. We look for ways that we can, as a church, be a light to them and, and whatever opportunities that present itself. But um, there there are a few parameters for this to happen uh, to have one of these uh, things happen in your school. What are, what were the three parameters again? Yeah. The three things were it needs to be off school property. Okay. Now there's a lot of options for that. We see places next to the school that are renovated homes that are, maybe there's a church next door. Maybe there's a YMCA down the road, community center, but off school property privately funded. So the school can't, you know, can't spend a penny. They can't run a photocopy even, which is fine. <laughs> that. It's people in the community that pay for it and then parental permission. So, yeah, you can't just throw someone's kid on a bus and say, hey, you're going to, uh, you know, whatever Christian right. church for an hour and a half. Deal with That's it. Right. Uh, well, you could once maybe. And um, 
then you have a different problem on your hands. But I, I'm a firm believer we can sit in all the classes we want. We can have all the training we want. We can have all the whatever to try to make us better human beings. But until our heart is different, nothing's going to change. Until the Holy Spirit transforms our heart and, and really allows us to see things the way that God sees it, nothing changes. And so I would I wonder in this short period of time, are you hearing stories out of these schools? You know, like there's no, there's no you know secret sauce to the lessons, but there's got to be something happening, right? Well, I mean, how much time do you have to <clears throat> to hear the stories that we get every I, I day? I paid for the lot. whole year, so do as long as you want, Joel. So. <laughs> well, uh, lives are being changed, that's for sure, and it's be in, we know it's the word of God that's doing it, and um, we try to do things with excellence. We try to do things with polish. We even try to do some things with a wow factor. But when it comes to the curriculum, it is very simple in the sense that we teach students through the Bible. They start in Genesis in first grade and they finish Revelation in fifth grade. And every lesson, we have a threefold focus. We talk about head, heart, and hands. And so we start with the head, meaning what is the information on the page of the Bible? What does the Bible say? Let's get it into our heads. And now heart. How does this story connect to the bigger story? How does it point to Jesus, the ultimate hero of the entire Bible? How is this story, which is ultimately about Jesus, medicine to our sin-sick hearts? And then finally, hands. If we rightly understand that, how are we then transformed and how is our character transformed? And so we even have a little picture of a, a mountain that we, our teachers are trained on that they, every LifeWise class, they are a, a guide on a journey. They take kids up the mountain of scripture to the peak, where is Jesus? That's where they're changed and they come down the mountain, a different person and their character is transformed. And so, yeah, kids come for an hour a week, but the word of God goes to work in their lives. And we hear stories nonstop of lives change. I mean, a pastor just texted me a photo of a girl that she and her family had never been to church on Easter Sunday there. He is baptizing her. Um, she started attending LifeWise earlier this year. You see pictures like that and you, I mean, it gives you the fuel you need in the tank. That's powerful. I'm telling you, God just uses kids in unique ways, but he uses willing vessels of people during their day who are willing to, I would assume, drive the bus or whatever they're doing to get kids yeah. where they're at. I got to think kids are walking back into art class or the lunchroom a little bit more equipped over time and that heart's being changed and teachers are taking notice and those kids become salt and light then ultimately in the midst of a chaotic classroom. You know, teachers doing the best they can, but come on. Yeah, not only that, but one of the, the bits of feedback we've been getting, which now it wasn't something we had planned on, but now it makes all the sense in the world, is that people are saying it's no longer weird to talk about God during the school day. It's no longer weird for kids to be bringing their Bible right into school and reading it during reading time and for that to be part of conversation because it's changing the culture. I mean, a yeah. lot of our programs have 60, 70 80 or 90% of the entire school is enrolled. I mean, we have one program in Northwest Ohio. The school building has a thousand elementary school students. There are, it's over 900 of them that attend LifeWise. And so, and so five times a day, five days a week, two classrooms at a time, a big red bus picks up kids, takes them to the YMCA, 
teaches them to the Bible, brings them back, gets another group of kids. And you can only imagine how that then permeates through the rest of the week and the day. And it's, it's transforming the community. I got, you know, when you think about it from a teacher standpoint, they're getting a little bit of reprieve during the day as well, whether you call that prep or whatever. And you got to think these, again, kids coming back, maybe things are a little bit different. They've been off site for a minute. You've got a full-time shuttle service going uh, from one one school to another location. So I think about people who say, I, I want to go in the mission field, the mission field. We, we have a mission field right here in our country, literally in, in our public schools. And there's a way that we can get in there. Now, there are some barriers to entrance, right? There's a few things that you got to cross over before this thing just, just happens. And I know we're talking about some of the things we talked about before. Let me say this real fast. That's what I like about the book. You lay it out in great detail and work through some of these things because you are essentially solution-based. So what are these barriers? And then what are the solutions to these barriers? Yeah, well, LifeWise exists because of the barriers to entry. We we started because in 2018, when we saw what was happening in my hometown of Van Wert, Ohio, and saw that 95% of the entire elementary school was plugged into this release time program, we started asking the question, why isn't there a program like this in every community coast to coast? And the answer that we came to was that there are too many barriers to entry because to start a program you basically have to start a private school. You got to figure out facility. You got to figure out transportation, curriculum, statement of faith, policies and procedures, safety measures, staffing. And now you got to, if you got staff, what about payroll, fundraising, account? I mean, the list goes on and on. And we realized that's why this seems to not have spread in over 70 years. And so LifeWise was created to remove those barriers. We invested to create the systems, processes, resources, training, curriculum, software, everything A to Z. It's not necessarily easy per se, but all of the barriers we could be we could remove have been removed so that any community coast to coast can hit the ground running. And so we provide a simple, 10-step launch process that any community could start right now. A 10-step launch process to get things going starts with building community support, then it moves into tr uh, planning, and then it moves into executing on that plan. And then once a, a program starts running, we provide the operational manual and the coaching and the resources to maintain a program with excellence. One of the things that we've seen is uh, we had a great relationship with an administrator, a principal at a school is going really well. We had a lot of opportunities. Uh, she retires, we get a new person, suddenly you're back to square one. And so when you look at right. school relations, there's a, there's a major component to that. And you could say, well, legally I can, we don't want to drag our kids out of the school. We want to build a healthy relationship with them, right? So how do we start to develop that relationship when maybe maybe they don't even know who we are when we walk in. So is there, do you walk in the first day and say, Hey, I'd like to do this. Or is there a way that we can start to cultivate relationships with those who, who do ultimately give their blessing? Well, it really all starts at the community level. So in that 10 step launch process that I just mentioned, we actually don't formally go to the school until step six of 10. The first three steps are all about community interest. And the first step is the most simple, and we want to make it as simple as possible. And that is building what we call a community interest list, which is essentially a petition. Anybody could go to our website, you could search and find your local school district, and then you can add your name to your local community interest list. When we have 50 names, that communicates to us, okay, there's enough people in the community that want to get this going that they can launch 
and sustain an effective program. And then we have several other steps, but that all builds to putting a plan together that is then presented to the school. And I'll say this, oftentimes the school, you know, it takes some thought, it takes some contemplation, it takes some conversation with us. And there may be some hesitation. We're we're currently 94% success rate once we can sit down at the school. But what we find is that once the program's going, all of their hesitations go away. Consistently, educators love what they're seeing, the changes they're seeing in their students, the way it works with the school day. They're understandably hesitant in some ways at the beginning conversation. But once it gets going, as you and I know, the the word of God transforms lives for the better. I would think, too, there's a bit of relief on their part that they don't feel like that they're the one owning. They don't need another thing to be responsible for. And you say, hey, we we understand that. And that's how we try to get the door as well. Like, look, we're not trying to replace you. We're not trying to overstep you. We just want, you know, and so um, what, you know, we're going to get into the steps more with the herd, but what from idea, someone listening to this right now, or someone that has bought your book or is on the LifeWise website uh, to realization, what would you say is roughly the timeline there for, for most cases? Yeah, it varies greatly. I mean, now is a good time to start a movement that would then launch, you know, start the process of building interest that would then launch the following school year. However, some people, it goes fast, you know, they, they start collecting names and the names come on and the school's excited. And we might have somebody that starts right now that launches in January. Um, however, that, that would be pretty quick. If you started the process now launching in January, it'd be quick. Uh, more often than not, you start kind of putting the pieces together in the summer and fall and launch the following school year. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, we're recording this on the last day of May. This this episode is going to air at the end of June. So what he's telling you is you got a school year here to kind of think about, you know, what you're going through. And I know you guys like to read, so you'll make sure you pick up the book. And uh, Joel, how do we get in touch with you, your website, this ministry? Yep. Well, the book itself, you can find at Amazon. Uh, you can also on our website, you can actually read a larger portion of the book for free. You can download a sample and our website is lifewise.org. Again, you can find every school district in the nation. You can check to see if there's already a movement happening in your area. If so, you can get plugged in or you could be the one to start things. If you go to lifewise.org and click find your school. Love it. Love the book. Uh, lots of good stuff here. Lots of, again, good stories, applications, steps, uh, life experience. You guys have, have been doing as you've launched yeah. these things. How many states did you say you're going to be in now coming up? So this year we're in 133 schools across four states. Next year we're confirmed as of this moment in 286 schools across 10 states. That number will climb to over 300 and it could be up to 15 or more states. Praise the Lord, man. Uh, so you guys in the herd, we're going to continue the conversation. We're going to talk about launching one of these for guys that are curious. Joel, thank you for being on the podcast, brother. Thank you for your heart to get the word of God into the these kids and ultimately into the schools. Thank you. I I, I love your podcast and I love a chance to connect with, uh, with your audience. And um, yeah, it's an honor. Once again, man, I want to thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Now, one more thing before you go. I want to encourage you, would you consider joining The Herd? The Herd is a $5 a month monthly subscription to The Pursuit of Manliness. These men who are in The Herd, they not only get bonus podcast content, but they're also a part of a community that has ongoing conversations, 
monthly Zoom calls, and more. For just $5 a month, you can help keep this ministry moving forward. You can also gather with like-minded brothers across the globe. Men, thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.